Yo, welcome to another episode of Proof Beyond Reason. This is Mike the Baptist. This is J-Mo. And uh, Geology is not here today. This is, uh, I think, the first time he's not part of the podcast, which is, uh, which is okay. Uh, everyone needs a break every now and again. So uh, hopefully we'll have Geology back next episode. Um, today we're going to talk on the, the topic, Has Jesus Failed You? with, I guess, some pivoting or insight into Christian living. Um, you know, the topic that we felt was necessary based on some previous topics we addressed. And, um, and so hopefully, listeners, you feel that it's beneficial to you. Uh, we pray that uh, in our transparency that uh, you, would, you would be blessed. So, um, so this is a book written by Ravi Zacharias called, I believe it's called, Has Jesus Failed You? Or Has Christianity Failed You? And, um, and it's a really good book. It, it, it gives certain perspectives about the Christian faith and why it seems that from believers or, or new converts, Christianity uh, seems to have some kind of lack of impact in in people's lives uh as a as a system as as a as a as a religious system of thought as a philosophical uh system um you know we i guess from a purely human standpoint right um and so ravi zacharias gives some some really good insight into that and um and we're gonna talk not necessarily about the book but we're gonna maybe touch on some points there uh, and then some reflection on our own life, and then also uh, mention about, uh, at least from my side, you know, some of the struggles that I've had in my Christian living uh, with either believing the gospel or living the gospel, um, seeing the gospel played out in the lives of those I love, and uh, and then we'll go from there. So, um, so John, uh, do you have uh, maybe some insight into the into either the book or? Yeah. Well, uh, when uh, not not so much with the book, um, but just me thinking about it. Um, if anybody's ever failed you, like um, in your family, the answer is yes. You know, like um, because we're imperfect. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, the thing with God is, is that I we have to come from an understanding that everything that God does is out of love. You know, the Bible describes God as the definition of what love is you know in corinthians it talks about love is patient love is kind it's just attributes of who god is so god is loving um but a lot of things sometimes because life is not perfect we feel that it's god who's letting us down and i feel like most of the time it comes from misconceptions so misconceptions of who God is, misconceptions of God's character, misconceptions of what we think we deserve. Mm. So a lot of times um, we think that God has failed us because of, you know, of a, a external event, but you don't really understand like a deeper meaning. And so the way that I um, think of it is that I heard this um, one pastor um Describe. He was talking about his children, and they had his. Their, uh, one of his daughters was basically jumping on the sofa. Mm. <laughs> and uh, that sounds familiar, brother. Yeah, and uh, he he told to his daughter was like, "Hey, get off, get off, the, get off the sofa." And the daughter is just just not responding. She's and from he the the pastor described it as like from the child's perspective, 
he's like, you're limiting from me having fun. So it's almost like that's the way we picture God is sometimes is that we're, we want to do what we want to do. We're jumping on the sofa and we, we go to God as like our father and saying, why are you trying to limit me from having fun mm. or living my lives? You mm. fill in the blank. And the reality is that we don't, you know, as the parent, from the parent's perspective, the uh, child could dangerously get hurt, fall, slip, fall, land on her neck, whatever, uh, end up in a hospital. So it's really the love that's demonstrated by the parent and but it but from the the child's perspective is not so it's I think a lot of times it's a matter of perspective you know and God really doesn't fail you we see that in the book of Job right mm. here's this guy who who was in the Bible describes as faultless like there was nobody like Job like so much so is that there's this there's this bidding this conversation with uh, with the uh, with Satan and God and over the soul of of, of um, of Job and and God gave Satan the permission to inflict certain things, you know, do certain things, but not touch his life, meaning he can't kill him, right? So all these things are bad are happening, and so Job is having this conversation with like his friends, and his friends are like, "Surely you've sinned, like you've." And Job is like, "Yo, I've done nothing. I haven't. My, I, I have. Tell me what I've done." He goes, "No, no, no. You've sinned." Like all his friends, countless, countless. His wife was like, "Why don't you just forsake God?" Like all these conversations over and over, and throughout the journey of like the book, uh, you know, it, it it's until the perspective. So towards the end of like chapter forties, um, it's kind of like God finally responds mm. to Job. Is like. Where were you when I made the storehouses of, of snow or, or, or of water? And where were you when I said to the ocean, you can go this far and stop? Where were you? Like, it's like God's resume. And then Job was like, wow, like, surely I'm not, I'm nothing before you. You are God and I am man. So perspective, like, if Job didn't have that, like, he would, he would say, man, God, like, you failed me. You know, you, you uh, here I am living righteousness, righteous. I'm living right for you, and you, you, you're cursing me. But it was all for a purpose. Sometimes we don't understand. Mm. Yeah, and and that I think informs a lot of our doubt, our unanswered prayers. Um, you know, it's the perspective, right? So there has been a lot of even Christian theology that we've talked about in past episodes. Uh, so go ahead, and, and if you haven't listened to our past episodes, right after you listen to this one, go ahead and scroll through our SoundCloud account, our iTunes, YouTube account, uh, and check out our past episodes so you can see some of the topics that we've talked about. And within that realm, we do address, uh, within the episodes themselves, um, uh, we, we talk about even false theology, false doctrine that the Christian church has embraced. Um, uh, you know the name it claim it the the prosperity gospel um, and and the myriad of others that are merging like new age thoughts and all of this and and ultimately with those uh, belief systems that are being infiltrated into the Christian belief system it's replacing God as the ultimate being as the one who is creator as the one uh by whom, for whom, and through whom all things were made. So we are created beings to worship 
God. Everything that was created is to bring glory back to God. Every event, every act, everything is designed to point back to God. Now with sin in the world, things that were created to be good are tainted images of God's creation. Um, so when we have things like um, you know premarital relations or we have uh, children born out of wedlock or we have uh, violence in the street or, or you know whatever it is that we want to name that we can say is sin, there might be elements within those constructs that could be deemed as good in its original format. But because of sin, sin has corrupted God's original intent or design behind what it was. So with that backdrop, uh, the, the, the whole idea is that we are created to worship God and all things are created to reflect God and his perfection, even in the taintedness of what exists in the world, it will still point back to either what it should have been um, or uh, pointing back to the fact that it's not here are the consequences that now exist as a result of us doing it in contrast to the way God designed it. So um, I, I say all of that because when we see God as almighty and we see him as all sufficient as glorious and we put our ourselves in the position that we are we are we are creatures we are not creator he is creator we are created then the way we pray the way we respond to issues the way we respond to doubt has a different perspective it has a different uh twist to it and and if we were to think along the lines of other worldviews, other religions, other religions, and we were talking about Ben Shapiro. So at the time that this is recorded, uh, Ben Shapiro, um, he is a conservative. Um, uh, he's a he's like a political uh, analyst. analyst that speaks about um, you know different perspectives of of you know of, of the political situations from a conservative uh, perspective and we're not endorsing him uh, but I bring him up as an example because he recently did uh, an episode on, on on a podcast where he was talking from a from a Jewish perspective because he's a Jewish he's Jewish and as he's speaking it just made me think about how a lot of the worldviews that are out there including Judaism and Islam and Hinduism Mormonism Jehovah Witness, uh, you name it, Buddhism, right? Um, these are all systems that are uh, a works-based system. Mm -hmm. and, and at the end of the system, so at the end of you doing whatever you do, there's, um, there's not necessarily a judgment. There is more so a you owe me, God, if you do things the right way. So if you feel and mm -hmm. you believe and you think you set a certain expectation or you achieved a certain expectation, at the end, you're expecting to receive because you're owed something. Suddenly now you've become judge and in turn, you've become king and creator. And that is contrary to the Christian thought because God is creator. And if he were to give us any reward on the basis of our performance 
it would be by grace alone because of his character, because of his perfection, and his perfection in comparison to our imperfection just leads us to a, a place where it's humbling mm-hmm. and is we don't deserve because we know where he's taken us from. Um, and that's the sad part is that we have world we have we have worldviews, we have we have philosophies that have infiltrated the Christian church that have made it to where we do a certain performance, we say a certain prayer, we we tithe, we give of our time, and suddenly God owes us. And he owes us a response to our prayer. He owes me that job that I've been wanting. He owes me children because I want children. He o- he owes me these things. And that's not at all what what scriptures demonstrate. I think um, a lot of times, I mean, I remember if I think back at like um, some churches that I've attended, um, I think it was like, uh, it wasn't a church that I particularly attended, but it was like um, like a guest, like I went to a church just to, mm. to visit. And uh, this was probably like maybe 10, 15 years ago, mm. but... Um, the, the preacher was preaching on like prosperity at the time mm. um, and he was just saying you know if you want that car or you want that that um, that raise or you want that thing just claim it right now you know in the name of Jesus or whatever right and I was like whoa like where in the Bible does he God ever promise these things you know I think the misconception sometimes is like, like you were saying, is that we feel entitled, you know? And a lot of times, yeah, it could be our worldview, but maybe we're in the same region. We could both be in the United States, you know? But uh, the conditioning of a little kid, like as if you give a little kid like, um, you know, a reward or something, like as a parent, now they, they bring that same mentality towards God. And so I think you hit it really, really good when when it comes to the christianity you know we we're not really promised anything except for salvation and suffering <laughs> who yeah. would like to sign up yeah that, and that's the promise is that you uh because in the bible this is not our temp this is a temporal home right so so we're supposed to live our lives in such a way that that we're not tied to this world but we're not so far from it that we're like not effective you know what i mean you don't want to be too much in the clouds to the point where you're not you know able to 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 even speak to somebody right but at the same time like uh a lot of misconceptions come from from upbringing not only your region it could be it could be from one a person might think uh differently in in western thought or eastern thought but it could be the way that, that your mom and dad raised you mm-hmm. or whatever but when it comes to God, God doesn't really owe us anything. Like you were saying, like even the gospel, like we were lost in our sins, Mm -hmm. you know? And if you, if I portray it like this, like if we, if we were completely total depravity, meaning we couldn't choose God like at or, or literally there's nothing in us that is good. Right. And then God says, you know what? I'm going to give my son for salvation so that you can live and 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 then you actually receive that right you receive that forgiveness you receive that redemption how are you going to act towards that that 
that person that redeemed you. Like, you're going to be like, whatever you want. You want, dude, nothing matters. Like, Mm -hmm. I'll give you whatever because I was going to be doomed for destruction. And so that's the thought process behind, like, a believer is that I wasn't promised it. You know, and so if I portray like God, like here I am, I come to the table. What can you offer me? And I've spoken to people like I, um, in my previous church, I used to do like, um, like when someone receives God, mm. like uh, d- accepts the Lord as their Savior, right? I will be the first person they talk to, right? Gotcha. And I used to have conversations with people that would just receive God, like right. first point of contact, right? And I'm always asking them questions why did you go in the front? Uh, a large percentage, believe it or not, would say, oh, because I'm going through something. Mm. Or because I want, I heard the message and I wanted to receive mm. financial. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll be surprised. Like, they're yeah. really honest. Like, <laughs> they have nothing to hide. Like, right. uh, I heard that Jesus, if I name it, I claim it. I wanted this new house. I wanted this. Mm-hmm. Th- you know, who knows the motivation, but right. only God. But, like, we we all don't deserve it. You know, mm. if we can come with that understanding, I think it will clear up a lot. Like, and and even, we're all we're all human, right? Mm-hmm. So even Job was human. In the example I gave previously, like Job was a the righteous, way more righteous than me. The Bible says that no one was like Job. Job was like completely right before God. Yeah. And yet God chooses to test them in a certain way. Uh, not for him. Like it was for all our benefits. Now we can read it, read these stories, and realize that. Even in our righteousness, we don't deserve it. Yeah. If we are in the driver's seat, so if we're the ones that created, then God is not God. And a lot of religious systems and even philosophies that would mock religion, they do so from a poor perspective because the the the, the presupposition of of those arguments against religion in general is is that man has created the system there is no room for there to actually be a creator that created everything so when you remove creator yes it is very easy to mock people and and say these people have constructed a statue or a system of thinking to be a crutch for their own insecurities. But the moment that you impute the possibility that there is a divine being that has created all things for his glory alone, and the things that are created are to essentially worship him, that just adds a whole different construct to Mm -hmm to the the morality standard to the purpose of life to the value that we have and if religions fail to have appropriate answers for those for those areas it is clear that those are man-made religions right mm-hmm. and we again check out our previous episodes you'll you you'll have a clear understanding of of what we're talking about and the perspective that we're that we're coming from we've spoken a lot about the occult and how a lot of uh religious systems come from the occult um but as we speak on christianity the historic uh truth of what christianity is uh centered around the person of jesus 
the verification of the of the holy scriptures and being legitimate and valid um, to this day um, when we think about those things are the the system is such that is centered around the person of Christ and imputing the figure of God just changes the realm of of what who we are and our response to situations um, the moment we deviate from leaving God in his position you've probably heard it a lot at church I know I've heard it a bunch in, in church services that I've attended in the past to say you know put God first keep God at the center of your marriage um, you know make sure that he's the beginning of your day and what you know just a whole bunch of things that we have to set mentally to say we got to put God first in the beginning. And in his commandments, in the Ten Commandments, it says, that's the first commandment. Uh, you know, if we remove him from his position, actually the first four commandments that put God in his position. Well, um, it was like the um, the first five were like forgot like it was right like exclusivity like yeah, right yeah. it was like exclusivity of here is God here is who He is putting Him in the position of God and I think it's very important to note because it it gives us that that mental edge so to speak to have a focus that it is about God it is for God. And it is not about me. It's not about what I want. But in this life, that's what we get caught up in because that's what, that's what we're human, right? So we, we get satisfied with lesser things. We, we, we have desires and goals and we want to strive for things. And none of those things are bad in and of itself, right? Those things are good. But what happens in a lot of these worldviews, including Christian systems that have embraced secular worldviews and, and their they're including it in the Christian thought is that we are at the center and God serves us. And when we do that, we set ourselves up for disappointment. When we think Jesus has failed me it is because we've put ourselves at the center of the universe and we've put ourselves above God. We have put other gods before him. We have um, taken his name in vain. Vain means the vanity means emptiness. We have made his name empty in our life. So, I mean, that's... that's, that's how, how does someone get to that point? Because um, I know I've been there. I've been there. I'll tell you. I've, been, I've, I've went there. Well, let me, let me tell you. I'll, t- I'll tell you an example. I'll tell you an example. So, like, um, 2005, I give my... Uh, you know, I become a believer, right? Yeah. God radically changed my life. Uh, was still a process, right, of, of growing, right? Um, after two or three years in the faith, um, I don't know if it was spiritual pride or just a misunderstanding, I felt like I was a good person. Mm. So that was the, that was, uh, the first mistake <laughs> I made. I was like, wow, like I went from this to being, man, this is the time. I'm a man of God. Like, yeah. Th- if I any, need to wear a if suit. Any, <laughs> nah, I still didn't write a suit. No, but like it was like spiritual pride in a sense. Mm. You know, like, wow, like I felt like not superior, but in a little bit like, wow, like I feel like God. And I still had that name it and claim it mentality from indoctrination thinking I didn't know anything else. Yeah. You know, that's what I was taught. So I remember I wanted something really bad and me just going before God and saying, God, like, 
I believe you're not a liar. I believe you are good. I believe you have this for me and me praying for it and it falling through. It mm. didn't happen the way I wanted it to. So I attributed that to man, God, like, how could you do this to me? It was like mm. a hurt. Like, God, like, how could you do this to me? Like, I thought I was um, a believer. I thought I thought you loved me. I thought you... So I can easily understand. You know, it wasn't until later where... Um, I get injured like on my foot uh, and I have to rely on other people and then I'm like man God like I don't deserve anything like it took an injury to for me to be like wow like like how how I really didn't understand you know like I don't deserve anything but yet you love me you gave me grace you gave me so now as I get older I look back and I'm like I can easily understand how Someone can come to that conclusion, man. God, like you failed me. But in reality, their image of who God is 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 probably because they haven't read the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be honest, mm-hmm. they haven't really they have don't have a they have a mis um, construed image of who Jesus is. Mm. Like for example, the image that they have of Jesus is this this light skinned fair guy that uh, long hair. Well, in the Bible it says you know like guys didn't really have long hair. So he probably had short hair, maybe a beard. Probably was dark skin because he was a carpenter outside, out on the street. Uh, you know what I mean? Like the Bible says, there was nothing special about him physically. You know, and in the Bible it makes it clear, like uh, when it talks about David, he was Rudy. I don't know what Rudy means. Maybe he had red hair, or he was he was rugged, or whatever. But it says he was handsome. So the Bible makes it clear if he were handsome. So when, for Jesus <laughs> says there was nothing. Meaning, if it was a scale from one to ten. Jesus was probably a five. Maybe less. Maybe less. But there was nothing <laughs> special about yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know what I mean? He wasn't probably so hideous that he couldn't be a traitor. Like, who knows what he did? He was just a normal-looking normal person. Just he wasn't... Blended in, right? Blended in. Blended to the point they didn't even expect it was him. Like, he was the son of God, you know? So, uh, our misconceptions of Jesus, like, mm. you know? In Revelation, Jesus coming... Like, we think of it as passiveness. Like, turn the other cheek... But we don't realize that when we read the Bible, Jesus is before all the people that had the authority to persecute him and kill him and says, before Abraham, I am God. And they picked up stones to kill him. That's the most gangster thing I've ever heard. Like, that's the that's when you're reading the character of God, now you're understanding. But if I never wrote, if I never read that, if yeah. I didn't have an understanding of that, man, God really loves me. He's out for me. Even though I can't see it, I'm blind. I'm By faith, I'm going to believe it, that he has my back. I'll be able to take it better, you know, rather than me not knowing, you know, having a misconception of who Jesus is. This long-haired, white skin, six foot two, real pretty, abs abs whatever you know this jesus who doesn't want he's not he's so passive that it hurts he you you could punch him in the face he's not gonna get hurt well the jesus i heard of is he's about to whip people he's making a whip because these people are selling things in his father's temple he's flipping tables over spazzing out See that's the jeans I like, cause that's a, that's like my personality. Like you mess with me to a certain point, I'm gonna yeah. I'm a, I'm gonna flip out. I'm gonna kick some tables over. So I could relate to that, you know, in, in a reality, yeah, you know. <laughs> it, but but if if I didn't understand God in the Bible, yeah. I, I would not. I would have a misconception. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, 
that's what makes it difficult. It's like a difficult pill to swallow when I put my priorities above what God wants. And, you know, rather than our lives being lived in submission to our king, we have occupied the throne of our own desires. And now he is to serve us. When we have a request, I remember hearing a, a sermon, and I'm not going to name the preacher, but you know what I'm, uh, the one I'm talking about. Um, and, and like overall, he's dope. Like We like him. But he had this one uh, sermon where he talked about it and where this old lady was, pre- was praying in the middle of the circle. And she was like, I command you right now in the name of Jesus to, uh, to, to, to stop. stop the rain for the sake of your name. Hold on. You command God in the name of Jesus? I get the intention because yeah, the intention yeah. afterwards was for uh, to stop the rain for the sake of your name. So we're praying so that your name is glorified. We brought these people here to hear the gospel. And you, we brought them here trusting that you were going to hold back the rain. They're coming here to hear a word from you. And now you're going to let it rain? And then this lady saying, I command you. Well, the testimony that the pastor gives is that the, the rain literally passes over the event. Yeah. It rained everywhere except on the event, right? So it's like God heard the prayers. You know, God is not so high strung that, you know, he's like, well, I get what she was trying to say. So, you know, I'm still going to do it for my glory. Eve, whatever you said, I'm still doing it for my glory. Regardless of what you said, how you said it. I'm doing it for my glory. Because he knows the intention. He get whatever, yeah, yeah. you know, whatever. Even if you didn't pray. But the, right? He's like, command, I'm going to do yeah. yeah. But the fact that she would have the audacity yeah. to command God in the name of Jesus, that's insane. Yeah. That is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Because he is king. He is God. It says tremble before. That's why the, you know, the Jewish people, they had yeah. removed the name of Yahweh from the scriptures and replaced it with the Lord because it was like unspeakable. It was unspeakable to say it was trembling. It was like we fear God so much that we fear even pronouncing his name incorrectly or saying his name too many times or violating one of the commands, which is, you know, do not take the Lord's name in vain, which again, by definition is vanity. I mean, it's emptiness. So we don't want to say his name in an empty way. We don't want to just say Yahweh for no reason and it become it come back as empty void. Yeah. So to protect me from that, I'm just not going to say it. Like some people say, well, that's a stupid, stupid superstition. God wanted us to know His name, but on the other spectrum, man, that's a fear and reverence of God that I could respect, and that I want to learn from mm. because that is a perspective, and you're putting God where He belongs, which is on the throne as King. Any society that has had a king. You better be careful how you speak about the king, because people are are committed yeah. to the king. Yeah, that's not a that's not a democracy when there's a kingship, uh, right? It's whatever the king says that's right. law. Yeah. So when we live our lives as believers, we live our lives with him in that in lordship, right where he belongs. Um, now we can get into a whole slew of you know different conversations, um, you know, kind of down that rabbit trail from you know how do i vote how do i do this and and that's not necessary for the sake of this podcast um but be informed that regardless of what happens in life he is king on the throne and we are to obey him above everything else and 
some people have lived that lifestyle assuming that they're living for God when in fact they were living for themselves. They assume that they were putting God on the throne and that they were, you know, uh, killing Muslims to put God on the throne when in fact they were doing it for their own glory, right? Mm-hmm. There have been things in history and decisions that have been made from a human perspective that we really believe that we're doing in the name of God, but possibly are doing it in the name of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Again, who knows? But thinking sober-mindedly and, 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 and from a conscience standpoint, um, the failure to keep God in his position will lead us to have radical uh, doubts, have radical um, difficulties when we're faced with certain situations. And we're human. Yeah. I want to talk about that, uh, what you were talking about, that um, that woman who said, I command you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so <laughs> in the Bible... Uh, it describes the very throne room of God. Mm. There's these angels that cover their face and say, holy, holy, holy. They're in the proximity of God. So the closer to that you are in relationship to God, to Jesus, the more reverence there should be. So um, like the closer the proximity... <laughs> Like they're the flying around the, the throne. That's crazy. The more that's that's who God is. I, I remember, um, I remember Paul Washer describing that, and he said, you know, you would have to assume that those seraphs are the most powerful of all of God's creation yeah. because of their proximity to the throne, mm-hmm. and these powerful beings are circling the throne of God, worshiping God's God at his throne, like at the throne of God right now. And they were covering their face. They're covering their feet. They're worshiping God in holiness because they know who he is. And me... Because they know. They know who he is. They know it. There's now, no, now there's no backtrack question. to the other, the other <laughs> thing you said. You know, with the woman who claimed right. to know God. Yeah. Uh it just comes from understanding. And, you know, God is so gracious. <clears throat> Amazing. That gracious. He, prob- he probably was like, you know what? I see your heart, even though I don't like the words you use. Right. <laughs> right. We'll figure out the theology. Yeah, you I'm going to stop the rain for you everywhere. You know what I mean? Because I'm like yeah. that. You know? And who knows? And, and a lot of times in our lives, like, how many prayers that we made were selfish and God actually came through. Every day. I remember when I was in high school, I remember trying to claim, a, um, there was this uh, chemistry class. That I had right, Mr. Jones. <laughs> Shout out, Mr. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he had a he had like a, a rules that if you got a B in the class, you didn't have to take the final. So I forgot that rule. Yeah, yeah. So um, I had done just enough by my calculations, and I was like, God, I was praying because I was nervous because I knew if I took, I had a B C in the class, right? Like a, a borderline mm. B, borderline, a borderline C. I'm at that cusp. And uh, I remember praying so earnestly. I didn't pray that much, but I prayed every day. But like, I was like, God, like earnestly, I believe you. I have faith, right? That um, I'm gonna get a B in the class because mm. I knew selfishly, I knew that if I took that final exam, I probably get a D and I probably get a C. <laughs> I'll get a C in the class, yeah. And yeah. I wanted to be, right? You know, so he he starts naming off. This is like the the, the last one of the last days of, of school. 
he starts naming off people's names that are they, exempt. That are exempt, and and he'll say the grade. You got a B, you got an A, you got a C, right? Right. So everybody was like B, A, B. Everybody's leaving. He came to my name. Was like John C. Yo, I I paused and was like, I must. I I let everybody get out the class, and I was like, no God. Like in my head, I was like, no God. Like I believed in you i believe i have faith that i have a b so i came up to him and i was like um are you sure i have a b <laughs> or a c because uh, i know i have a b and he he was like well there was this one uh lab that you didn't turn in. i said i i've been here every class and i've turned in all my labs he says well you're right you got a b and so i came out there with like oh wow, wow. but if i'm like it's like that story has so many different sides to it because I extended my faith. God came through, but it was kind of selfishish. Mm. You know, like if you think about it, like I want to be. Do you, are you saying that God cares for me? Now, what would happen if God, if I believed I had that faith? No, God, you're coming through. And I get a C mm. or even a D. Mm-hmm. And I take that the exam and I get a D. God, you failed me. You know, I can. It could easily go either way, yeah. but how how selfish and I didn't have understanding at that point in my life. But God in His grace chose to stop the rain for that woman. Mm-hmm. God in His grace cho- chose to give me a B. But on the other spectrum, if He didn't, He's still worthy. He's still God. Yeah. Maybe it was on me. Maybe I should have studied more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know stop what I mean? Playing ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe I should have put more energy and effort. Yeah. You know? And so that's life though. Yeah, with me, you know, that 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 big aha moment, slap in the face moment was and I and it, you know, came when I was um this was years ago when the economy had tanked and I was in a relationship with my wife today. Soon to be at that yeah, point. At yeah. that point it was, you know, planning to, to be my wife but we weren't in a position financially and you know uh, I had some things at home she had some things at home we were trying to figure it out so um, but I was delaying us making the full move because I wanted everything to be exactly the way I envisioned it to be and what I what I really believed that God was communicating to me and um, and so I put parameters on what it was going to take for me to marry uh this woman and so i went you know i i was i i was always in service i i I was serving in a ton of ministries i was tithing and um and so in the whole process i was at the my my the job that i was working at at the time i had the worst attitude because i felt that i was made for more and i had just graduated college and i was like you know i I, i'm so i'm better than what i'm doing and god you know that i shouldn't be here i could be doing full-time ministry this is a waste of time like i was just going through this like whole thing and john knows like i was like you know bugging out and so i was like god i can't make less than x in order to provide for my family because your word says that you know a man that can't provide for his own household is worse than an unbeliever so i'm like i got for me to provide for my household in wisdom this is what i'm doing this is what i need and uh just put a whole bunch of parameters on it and so 
I I went to numerous. I went to countless interviews. <laughs> I don't know how many interviews, but it was that time interviews. though. That wait, wait, time, it was during the time, time of the economy. Different. Yeah, people don't realize, man. Oh, some was, people do. Some people remember. It was hard. But younger people now don't really realize yeah. when coming out of college. Back in the day, in our parents' time, you had a job. You didn't even need college. I mean, at the time that this is coming out, the economy is booming. So right yeah, now, yeah. it's the opposite problem. Yeah. Right now, um, employers are wrestling over finding proper talent or finding talent because people are, have jobs. It took me seven months every single day applying. I'm talking about 100 plus applications to get a $10 an hour job. Yeah. That's that's, that's what we're reality. talking about. Yeah. yeah. For me, I mean, I probably, I, I think I interviewed. With the bachelor's degree. Let me put that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had the bachelor's yeah, degree yeah. and I think I interviewed for, you know, 15 jobs easy. Mm-hmm. I became like a, a G with the interview. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, right? So, um, in any case, so it just got frustrating yeah. after a while. And, um, and it was just like disappointment after disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. And just kept, I just kept facing disappointments. And there was one night that. And this was years, right? This is years in the making. And it was one night I was in my room and I was just so frustrated. And I just like, I got the, you know, the notice that I didn't get the job. And, um, and I just got, I had it, you know, I was like, yo, F this God, you're not real. I pray to you. I do all this stuff and you don't give me nothing. You don't do nothing for me. This is, this is bogus, man. This is, yo, whatever. And I like took my Bible. I threw it. Like I forgot all the things I did and said, <laughs> but you know, you know how I get when I get mad. Yeah, yeah. And I just was like, yo, whatever. Pump this, son. Oh, never again. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm going to do whatever. Let me put on DMX or something. You know, I don't care no more. What's the point? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. There's no point in doing this. Um, and that little tantrum lasted about, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes or something like that. But it was like, you know, like in my heart, I really negated and I said, yo, bump this. And then I had a, I had a, a full size mirror in my room and I look in at the full size mirror and like, I, 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 like God spoke to me in that moment where it was like, look at yourself in the mirror. The evidence of my existence in the creation of just you and all the complexities that are involved in your creation, all the systems, all the all the nervous systems, the neurons in your body, the you know, the the digestive system, everything that makes you up, it is so complex that you know it's not by chance. Like literally, that's what I heard. And I just stood there and paused. And I just stood in the mirror and I just like, I just started crying. And I felt such a deep conviction. And God again speaking to me like, you're doing all this for the glory of you. You're saying you, I owe you because you give tithes and you, and you serve in ministry. Who cares? Who cares? The word says in, in Isaiah that... He wants, he wants your obedience over, over sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Where's your obedience to repent of your sin? So all this right now that, we're, that I'm talking about, that whole thing is a big mountain of sin. Where's your sin? Uh, is your relationship with that girl as pure as you claim it to be? Mm-hmm. No, it's not, right? So where's your repentance in the midst of that? Yo, that killed me. And from that moment, literally, I called up, you know, uh, my wife, my today, my wife, I call her and I was like, look, this is where we at. 
Like, we doing this. We get married. Um, our relationship is not as pure as we as we in comparison to other people. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. But in reality, in retrospect, in in comparison to to God's mm-hmm. standard and His expectation, no, we fail. Yo, we gotta repent. And so this is what we're doing. Like we're we're just gonna make it happen. We're gonna select a date. We're gonna move forward, and that's it. Uh, because it, life is about worshiping God. Life is about Him. Life is about His plan, His design. It's not about me. It's not about my comfort. It's not about what I want. It's about what He wants. He wants us to reflect Him in our relationship. So what are we doing? Boom. Instantly. We started making the plans. Yo, tell me how within weeks of that happening, and I, I, I could probably exaggerate and say within a week, but I'm going to say weeks. Um, I get a call from one of my dudes Who's like, hey, I know someone who's hiring. Send me your resume. I'm going to send it to her. Within a matter of days, I have an interview. And I get the job. Paying more than what I was asking God for. And with the time frame that I was planning around the wedding. Because we already started planning it. In the time frame around the wedding. Yo, all provision. It was nuts. And it was so humbling. I just kept weeping. Yo, the apartment that we got. I was weeping. The you know the cost of everything for the wedding, weeping because God was just taking that care was a miracle. Everything, yeah, you know, <laughs> it was bomb too. It looked <laughs> triple the price. Yeah, it was not. It's like basically nothing we yeah, paid it for looked, that. It looked good. It looked expensive too. And nothing, it was, yeah. dude. Nothing. And like in all of that, it's like it's it was so humbling, step by step by step by step, and it was like it, with all of the things that you were pursuing. It was in your repentance and in your obedience that God was giving you things that you didn't even know was coming to you. And that, that that's what got me so deep in my heart. And it was like, in those moments, I was like, yo, I need to get out of all ministry. I need to get out of everything because God just rocked my life. Mm-hmm. He, he changed my perspective. I thought I was someone. I thought I was doing something for God when in fact... He was transforming me and to this day continues to transform me to know that he's on the throne and life is about him. Do I make all the right decisions? Absolutely not. Am I in perfect obedience? Absolutely not. But I feel like I've come to this place in my life where, and you know, circumstance is going to, is going to test that Mm -hmm. is Kind of the, the Shadrach, I go back to the Shadrach, uh, Meshach, and Abednego um, uh, reference. The furnace. The, 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 fiery, the, the fiery furnace, mm-hmm. right? Where they're, they're about to get thrown into the furnace and, and they say, you know, if God takes us out, glory to God. If he saves us from this, glory to God. If he doesn't save us from this and we burn in the furnace, glory to God. Either way, whatever he chooses to do, glory to God. Like it is... It is his. It is glory to God. If it glorifies God to turn them into ashes, then so be it. This is his body. This is his world. This is his life. This is his creation. If you're going to get glory out of me turning into ashes, praise God. Mm-hmm. And that's the craziest thing because you never really hear that. You don't hear that. I, I would hear that from Paul Washer. Mm-hmm. He's like, if, it, if, 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 if your life is for me to get a master's degree and to get a house 
and to you know uh, work in a company as an executive level person and preach the gospel from that perspective and you know all this they have all these luxuries but I'm worshiping you whatever P- cool but if you're lot if you want me if you are going to turn me into someone who gets turned into ash then let me know that and let me live in obedience to you like that's crazy some would say extreme but are we that committed in our heart and our mind to say God is that glorious and he is king and he is who he is and I am who I am and life is to be lived according to his will scripture says it Jesus says it not my will but your will be done he was about to get put on the cross he's in that garden of Gethsemane weeping pass this cup from me right my will I want you to pass this cup from me and then there's the pause and there is but not my will but your will be done I don't want to indulge you I don't want to drink from the cup of your wrath but if that's what you want that's what I'm going to do that's crazy thought for today we don't want that I don't think in any time period but we really don't want that we want the 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 conferences, we want the concerts, we want the cell phone apps, we want the luxuries, we want the Starbucks. Yeah. Well, if you reduce it, we want the air conditioning, we yep. want seats, <laughs> right? You know, like electricity. But in reality, you don't need any of that stuff. Yo, you if know? the church doesn't have adequate sound or childcare, people bounce or lighting system. Or yeah. Anything. Oh, they don't have a band. I'm out. What in the what on earth? Did you ask God what he wants for your life? Did you ask God what church we should go to? Did you you know like things like that like you might be uncertain but like God, okay, I'm not going to move until I have the certainty or God, I'm going to move forward and I'm trusting that you're going to redirect me. Whatever it is, like God, I just want to live in your will. You know, if that means no AC, if that means, you know, I got to <laughs> walk to work, if yeah. that, I don't know, but but whatever that looks like, help me to know your will and to live according to your purposes. And I think with everything we said, that's what defines has Christianity failed you? Because the Christianity that would fail us or the Jesus that would fail us is the Jesus that we create with our image, the Jesus that we create with our hearts, the Jesus we create with our desires. The Jesus we create on the basis of our culture, the Jesus that we create on the basis of our luxury, the Jesus that we create on the basis of our comfort and our idols and the things that we want, and not on the basis of what his will is. I think it was Paul in Corinthians who said, I don't count my life of any value. Yeah. (laughs) No, but he he goes goes further. He's like, if I die, like I'm in the presence of God, but... It is your benefit that I'm here, so I'm mm-hmm. glad either way. Like, he was glad to be on earth, glad to, but that's the perspective we should have. And the, the reality is that Jesus, God, always wants the best for you. No matter what it seems, no matter if we're having a throwing a tantrum, jumping on a couch kid mo- moment, mm. Jesus always wants your back. He wants, he protects those that are his. He always guides those that are his you know you know and it it could be difficult to to see it in whatever season that you find yourself in so 
you're entitled to be frustrated. You're yeah. entitled to be. It's hard because if you're going through it, yeah. If you're if you're going through those moments at the time, 100%. it sucks. And that's why community is everything. Yeah, but at the out, like you looking back, you wouldn't. I wouldn't take back those moments. Uh, those mom- moments of good that, that God came through, and those mm-hmm. moments where I felt like He failed me. I wouldn't take it away because I was selfish. I had spiritual pride. I had things in me that I didn't even know I had, but God cleansing it. So maybe, maybe these there's people out there that might be going through something right now that they feel like God, you, you, uh, you failed me. You know, the reality is God didn't fail you. God mm-hmm. loves you. God's there for you. God understands you. But he, he, he needs. To, it's kind of like that person uh, in the Bible where he, uh, the young rich ruler. Mm. He's like comes before Jesus and says, "Hey, man, I've done all these things. I've done all these things. Uh, I've all the Ten Commandments. Tell me what I've, I, I'm to do to, to obtain salvation." And Jesus looks at him and is like, "Yo, um, the Ten Commandments. Like, mm-hmm. he's like, I've done all these things." God looks at him, and he so says that he like loves him. He says, "One thing you lack. Mm. Come follow me. Give all your riches." Yeah. And the guy couldn't do it. So God knows what's in your heart. Yeah. So, like, if you need to repent, repent. If there's pride in your heart, repent. Like, have that Job moment. Like, yeah. until you're confronted with the actuality of who God is, dude, like, you're wrong, not yeah. God, you know? Yeah, I mean, we're going to have our, those moments and those times, but I feel like there's always there's always that there's always that one moment that at least that I read in scripture. Yeah. There's always those every individual has that one moment yeah. in their life. Like and just thinking right off the cuff, like Peter denying Jesus three times and that's that was his moment, yeah. right? Um Thomas doubting uh, doubting Thomas, right? Uh and, and Paul when he says the good I want to do I don't do the bad I want to do I end up doing like there's this but even before that the Saul moment, right? The conversion moment that that oh, I see Jesus that is his moment uh and then he has the later moment of the look the good i want to do i don't do the bad i want to do I end up doing i'm so confused this is crazy this is anxious boom but i know who uh, there is a greater law working within me that's the moment um uh man uh, uh david you know where when uh, he's messing with Bath- Bathsheba, you know that that's the moment right um noah and the art like noah he afterwards he, he you know he he has this great thing and ends up drinking himself, you know, and embarrassed, naked in front of his kids. Like, that's his moment. That's like, there's moments that we all going to go through where we have setbacks, right? Tremendous setbacks, yeah, yeah. doubt, whatever. And it's, you know, we're, we're entitled to that from the standpoint of growth and learning and getting closer to God. Um, and, and since we were going to be on this topic, like, this whole day when I'm listening to music, I just kept hearing the verses in the music that w- that would talk about like challenging times mm-hmm. um and kb kept popping up on my uh on my shuffle and it was like he has a lot of different verses that do that um and then this one in the song uh in his album today we rebel it says get through with uh featuring lecrae and um in kb's verse he says uh, and for those who don't know kb he's a he's a christian hip-hop artist um, or rapper that's rapper, to be yeah, exactly, yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever that is, right? We don't know nowadays. Yeah. Um, so he says here, he says um, in this one line, he says, and it's cool rapping about the rock, which is Jesus, until you see your daughter laying blue in an ivy. 
Like, until you go through that trial, yeah, it's easy to preach Jesus and go around and be a minister of the Lord and, you know, encourage people to, to you know, don't worry about it. And, and even what we're talking about right now, you know, God got you. He's got your back. He wants the good of you, good for you. But until you're going through that moment that's testing your faith to the degree that you're relinquishing all of your rights to God because God owns you and you're trusting that whatever situation you're going through it is for his glory and you're trying to be sober-minded to know his will so that you can be a better worshiper and a representative of him and in that verse in that in that um in that line in the in in that song he says yeah everything's cool till your daughter's lying blue in an iv like that's reality that's a lie that's real life and so whatever you're going through in your real life situation you know um just know that whether it's a disaster that's happened to to your families you know we have a lot of listeners from the philippines that you know typhoons have hit uh the philippines in 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 many of occasion in fact destroyed entire villages and schools and, and working facilities um if you're if you're if you have illness or someone you know has an illness if you're suffering through an injury or you just feel you haven't grown or progressed or have had any opportunity, um, you know, get with, get with community. Don't do things on your own, but get with community. Um, you know, talk through the situation, but, you know, most importantly, put God in the perspective that he is. Give him the position that, that he has, that not only does he deserve, but that he is king, he's Lord, um, and, uh, and give him that position. And I think the challenges that you have faced maybe with particular scriptures or family members or you know even doubts on on doctrine and so forth remember that we are that that we as creation are not the ones that that created god god is creator he sets the standard he sets the bar he is the judge. The moment I try to impute my own judgment on him or change who he is for my betterment or my good or decide, you know what, I don't want anything to do with him, just because we don't want anything to do with him doesn't mean that we're exempt from him. He's God. He's going to find you and he's going to get you. What would you do if, <laughs> what would you do if God said, I will bless you like I know you have a, a, a I'll bless you with understanding in a certain situation. What would you say? Yes or no? I would say yeah, give me some understanding, right? But the path to get there would be pain. I think either way, I, there's a potential of me going through pain without the understanding. Yeah, yeah, so I might but, as well give but me see, the understanding. But see the thing is that's the reality. Yeah. A lot of times we're jumping on the sofa. It's we're true. jump we're doing these things, right? Uh, and we're coming from the perspective of the here and right now, the feeling, and those are real. You can't take away the feeling that the that you feel at that moment, the hurt, the pain. Mm -hmm. But through it, God is there. God is in the pain. He's yeah. He's there with you, yeah. walking you with you, and then He's also at the end of it, refining you like gold or silver, refining the, the impurities, the thought processes, the things. What would happen if the young rich ruler? Would have been like, God, like, honestly, it's hard for me to give it up, the money, but I want to follow you, man. Mm. And, you know, and I'll try. Like, I'll give it up. 
his life will be completely different. That's true. That's true. So, you know, I hope that was encouraging to you guys. Um, if Jesus, if Christianity has failed you, if uh, if you feel Jesus has failed you, um, hit us up. Send us a message, proofbeyondreason at gmail.com. Uh, send us uh, uh, a message on our Instagram or our Facebook, Proof Beyond Reason. Um, check us out, all of our other episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud. You can listen to us on YouTube. And uh, we definitely want to hear from you. We've, we've had a, a couple of listeners uh, bring in some suggestions of episodes that they want to hear. So in the next few weeks, that's what we're going to record on. So get your request in so that we can uh, do our research and, and be ready to uh, bring our, our discussion topic here. You know, just as is our style, we don't uh, you know, necessarily come here with a list of things to, to preach to you on. Um, you know, we want to have a conversation and bring real life perspective as to, you know, as to what the scriptures have to say about these topics. So uh, definitely, definitely uh, hit us up, get us um, those topics. But uh, till next time, uh, we love you guys. Uh, this is a Mike the Baptist. Jamo.